Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And running on this, the penultimate day of January 2023. Yes, it is the 30th day of January 2023, and uh, it's a Moran Monday. How about that? Yeah. Um, yes, thank you, Randy Radar. I did, in fact, hit the record button. It, sorry, sorry about being late. Um, for some reason or another, uh, the, uh, the stream server needed a, uh, a reboot. No, like Scott in San Diego says, it needed uh, <laughs> needed regrooved. Uh, Scott, uh, speaking of whom, just said, as Etta James might have sung, at last, it's already being a less than stellar day here at Shea Guru, so I couldn't face a hornless Monday. Nor would I want you to, and I'm sorry if the day is less than spectacular. Uh, it's gray and crappy, and oh, only one day left of January. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. And then only 28 days of February. And then only 21 days of March. So 29, 49. We got 50 days of winter left. <sighs> and here comes the longest, shortest month of the year. Hi, I'm Robin. A little ray of sunshine. Well, there was no sunshine here today. That's for damn sure. We got up into the 50s, but ugh. Uh, but anyway, uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, even when I start late. Uh, and this program is no different. So this being the 30th and we having no, uh, well, let me double check. Um, because of the way pay, the, the PayPal subscription thing works out, we don't have any 29th or 30th or 31st of the month subscribers usually. Uh, but I will double check. Uh, well, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, thank you to Dave and the Blind jumping in, yet uh, jumping in today. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, thank you so much to uh, Sharon on the 28th. And thank you to Suman and Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you both. Um, so where does that leave us? Well, uh, we are. Uh, Somewhere in the $1,500 neighborhood to finish January. And I wish it wasn't, we didn't have these sprints, but here we are. 
So basically, we are unfunded for the last five programs of the year. Yes, uh, tomorrow, today, because I'm just counting tomorrow. Tomorrow, today, and then uh, Friday, Thursday, and Wednesday of last week. Yes. Um, yes, and thank you to our anonymous friend on Friday who got us down to that $1,500 number. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much indeed. But uh, I, I'm still figuring I'm going to be behind the mic tomorrow. Uh, you know, taking, taking one's birthday off on a Tuesday just seems kind of dumb. But just in case, I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget. And so I, th- I thought I'd go ahead and uh, do our thank yous for our... Um, our Patreon subscribers, we do that on the last broadcast day of the month always, and, well, okay, next to last this time. So thank you so much to Randy Radar, and thank you to Tracy in L.A., and thank you to Christopher, and thank you to Lori, and thank you to uh, Dave in the Blind. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you to... uh, Uh, Dave in the Blind again. Or maybe, no, maybe not. mm, Okay, but thank you. Thank you to Janice, and thank you to uh, David up in Oregon. Thank you to Eve. Um, Thank you. uh, Thank you so much to uh, our buddy Rico. Thank you. Thank you to... uh, Thank you, Chica and Katie and John. Mark, Uncle Smokey, thank you. Thank you to Jake. And thank you to Steve and Nancy, to Jimmy. Thank you to uh, thank you to Prince, Bernadette, Irwin in Montana. Thank you, Kay and Mike. Thank you, Ed. Thank you to Dave and John in North Dakota. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, thank you to Oak. Thank you, Bernice. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Dave number 11. You know, I think I've got the wrong list. Yeah, that's better. Thank you, uh, Annette and Aaron. Thank you, James. Uh, Thank you for that wonderful note a couple of days ago. Thank you. Thank you, Joanne and Lori. Thank you, Jeff and Slobe. Thank you, Baltimore Bob. Thank you, Michael of the Guffins. Nancy, thank you. Vernon in San Diego, thank you. Cat in Ohio, KW. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Horst. Thank you, Robin. Thank you to Terrace. Brother Deacon Asa, thank you. And thank you to Jeremy. Thank you, one and all, for being partial sponsors of the program and helping to keep all of this on the air. Um, Thank you so much. So, uh, that is, uh, again, if uh, Patreon doesn't show up on the uh, main page at headon.live, you have to go to the Contribute tab for that if you'd like to be part of Patreon. And I need to, I need to sort of, I need to regroove Patreon too. Start thinking about content there. But nonetheless, uh, it is a Morian Monday, and we have them. Oh, Lord, we have them. 
I got one story here. Uh, it's not worth digging all the way into just because uh, this, especially over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, they've been having a hissy over a report filed by an NBC News reporter, Miguel Almaguer, describing, and it was right after the attack on Paul Pelosi. A Seattle paper published a list of all of the right-wing POSs who uh, spread false information, behaved shittily, what have you. Uh, and... Uh, uh, well, Mika was messing with it this morning. She, she shared it this morning on uh, my filthy morning habit. Um, but it's been, it's been turned into, it's almost like a conspiracy theory level. And, and, and the, mora- the moranity is uh, simply breathtaking because I have a story here from, uh, <laughs> From Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, and and the and the Moran nomination simply comes from the headline: calls for transparency. Ha! Ah! From NBC News, grow louder in wake of Paul Pelosi attack body cam video. And the thing with the uh, with the Miguel Almaguer report is that it was. Uh, It was withdrawn by NBC, presumably for being uh, inaccuracy. And this Fox article, NBC quickly retracted Almaguer's report with little explanation, and the Comcast-owned network has refused to explain what, if anything, the veteran reporter got wrong. The bizarre handling of the situation has led to all sorts of speculation. Friday's release of body cam footage from the incident was supposed to clear things up. Many media watchdogs have since claimed the footage vindicates Almaguer, while others aren't so sure. NBC just needed to be transparent, Fox News contributor Joe Concha said. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the height of the pot calling the kettle... Uh, Black as pitch. Fox, transparency, oh please. But since I did mention uh, Mika uh, yakking about the scumbags who tried to do, you know, make it make the attack on Paul Pelosi. And what a, Jesus! I mean, I've watched the video. You have too, I'm sure. It's horrifying. But nonetheless, and, and you know, I'm glad I'm glad she did highlight the dirt bags. The release of the body cam video is also putting a sharper focus on how some far right Republicans, leaders, activists, media outlets began spreading groundless claims about the attack on Paul Pelosi almost immediately after it happened. Disinformation. Nearly all of them sinister and many homophobic, trying to cast doubt on what actually happened. Former Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger of Illinois tweeted out this list, compiled by the Seattle Times, calling out 20 elected officials, candidates, and or prominent figures or people who want to be prominent. 
And it's worth noting, I'll interrupt here for a second, uh, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz uh, blathered about it, try, is it, saying that there was something there that wasn't there. That, oh, the story, the official story can't be trusted. Uh, so did, and then uh, representing Claudia Tenney, uh, she spread the idea that there was something going on with a gay affair. Uh, State Senator Wendy Rogers, uh, a lunatic from Arizona, Stan, uh, said that uh, try, spread a rumor that the story was not as it appeared. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, that miserable nightmare from North Carolina, Stan, uh, he got in on the act. And representing Clay Higgins of Louisiana, Stan, went so far as to say uh, that the attacker was a male prostitute. Oh, really? And there's, there's 20 of these freaks. And Adam Kinzinger in his tweet said, uh, uh, thanks, Seattle Times, for this list of people who made fun of Paul Pelosi. Hold them accountable. And that begs the question, how? You know, the people who send Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz to the Senate of the United States want him to behave that way. Because they themselves would behave that way in the same or similar circumstances because they're horrible. This is about horrible people. Because we have, in addition to a Nazi problem and a white supremacist problem and a Klan problem and a maggot problem... We just plain old flat flat out have a horrible person problem in this country. And the list went on. ...who made fun of Paul Pelosi or helped spread misinformation about the attack in the days after. And when I read this list, I mean, just keep in mind, this is your Republican Party. Um, High-level names being... Behaving in a simply disgraceful way. Some of the Republican politicians include Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who amplified doubts that all the facts were disclosed. Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who suggested Pelosi knew his attacker. Louisiana Congressman Clay Higgins, who suggested the attack involved male prostitution. North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson who raised doubts about the details of the attack. Georgia State House candidate Mary Williams Benenfield, who suggested the attack might have been staged. Minnesota State House candidate Royce White, who claimed the attack involved an extramarital gay affair. Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers, who suggested the attack might have been staged. Florida State Representative Anthony Sabatini, who suggested that the Pelosi's are hiding vital information. New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, who amplified a conspiracy theory about an extramarital gay affair. And here's what some other prominent figures said. Glenn Beck, raising doubts about the details of the attack. Far-right commentator Dinesh D'Souza claimed the attack involved an extramarital gay affair. Dinesh, one of those Ivy Leaguers, really 
honestly casting a dark, dark light on his institution. So embarrassing. God, it's almost like she listens right to the commentator program. Ryan Hi, Fournier claimed details about the attack were fabricated. Former deputy assistant to President Trump, Sebastian Gorka, raised doubts about the details of the attack. Fox News host Pete Hegseth and media personality Megyn Kelly raised doubts that all the facts were being disclosed. Meg. Elon Musk amplified a conspiracy theory about male prostitution. Former Republican Congressman Devin Nunes repeated a false report that the attacker was in his underwear. Far-right activist Michael Savage raised doubts that all the facts were disclosed. Roger Stone suggested the attack was staged. And former President Donald Trump, all your all's leader, because you can't you can't quit him. You don't know what to do with yourselves, suggested the attack was staged. Words that come to mind, soulless, depraved, unfit, just not serious, and really damaging to our democracy. Yeah. And here's the fun part. They don't give a shit. It's who they are. It's how it, it, it's it's a feature, not a flaw, with these monsters. <sighs> yeah. So that was just a, I thought that was a starting place. Um. And you know, here's a look, little cowbell. There it is. For whoever the guy was in Montana, I think this is the second time this has happened now. Uh, apparently, testicle toasting Tokyo Rose Carlson, man of masculinity, likes to fly fish, or at least dress like he does or something. And I guess he's got property out in uh, Montana stand somewhere. And so he was in a fly fishing shop over the weekend. Uh, oh, this is the same story. I thought it had happened again. But, uh, it, well, never mind then. It was like, wait, twice now? Girl can hope. I don't know how this winds up. This is I've seen it in several feeds today, uh, saying, "Well, that it was you know it, it was current news." Oh well, sorry. Of course, testicle toasting man of masculinity, Tuckio Rose. Uh, well, he was in there sliming Paul Pelosi too. But of course, of course, no consequences. No, 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 no. We can't have that. Never. <sighs> yeah. Um. And then, well, then there's Jim Jacketoff Jordan. Oh, and by the way, here, as we race toward trying to finish January to the good, I have a massive two-for-one challenge that's just been placed on the table. If we can raise 250 bucks this uh, tonight, 
then uh, uh, this individual will double the money. And so it would wind up wiping out half of the deficit that we have. And believe you me, having a $750 deficit is far better than having a $1,500 one. So thank you to our benefactor. Hopefully we will get started and raise the 250 assuming everybody didn't go away after I you know, wasn't on air for about 10 minutes and got a late start. Sorry about that. Um, but it was a beautiful thing on uh, Press the Meat. Somebody has apparently had a little chat with Joke Toad and told him to quit lobbing softballs to these maggot, uh, these miserable maggots. Because he had um, Jim Shorts Jordan, Jim Jacket Off Jordan, on Sunday and came at him with, you know, there, there was like homework and, and he had a list and was able to just throw actual no kidding facts at Jim Jacket Off Jordan and make him sort of deal with them or at least try to weasel out of them. And, of course, you know, Jim, Jim Jackadoff Jordan. Uh, and, and thank you. Ralph's just got us started on the $250 challenge. So we've got uh, 225 to go. Thank you, Ralph's. Thank you so much. That gets us started, and that's a big help. Um, I need to let, let me go here. Let's start here because, of course, Friday we listened to the por- portion that you can li- we could listen to, and individually we watched the uh, portions of uh, the video that had no audio and commented and chatted along the way from. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Tripled. Yes, this is that the challenge. It's a tripling challenge, not a doubling challenge. I'm 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 mathematically stunted. So yeah, that's triple your money. So Raps is 25 just turned into 75, assuming we get the other 225 in. And yes, thank you for the correction. Thank you very much. But anyway, uh, going back. We, we all watched the Tyree Nichols murder. We know how horrible it was. And over the weekend, the Memphis Police Department announced that they had that they had disbanded permanently their scorpion unit. God, these cop, these cop organizations and their attempts to sound badass. Jesus. But you know they did they did the right thing um, to a certain extent. And that's good. Another cop has been relieved of duty. He is cooperating in the investigation. so now there are six. Six down, I think five more to go because there were we counted something like 11. Present for the uh, for the lynching of and you know let's use the word okay it's not the first time that the cops have involved been involved in the lynching of a black man 
this was a lynching, okay? And the sooner the sooner that language gets into uh, into common parlance, the better off we'll be. But uh, we watched it all happen, and presumably so too did uh, Jim Jacket off Jordan because well. Chuck Todd actually asked him about it, and the answer was, I think I can safely say, less than impressive. I mean, the fact of the matter is, Jim Jacketoff Jordan uh, cares less about the life of Tyree Nichols. Well, it's hard to say what he cares less about the life of Tyree Nichols than. But all around, it was it was a it was a bad day for Jim Jacket off Jordan, and of course he showed up without his jacket again. What a schmuck. Uh, let me start with. Uh what we saw, Senator Tim Scott, let me put up a quote, what he said. He said, we've been here too many times before. We cannot continue down this path. America can't not stand silent. Let it serve as a call to action for every lawmaker in our nation at every level. Yeah. What action do you, would you like yeah. to see Congress take? Well, I don't know that there's any law that can stop that evil that we saw that is just, I mean, just difficult to watch. Um, what strikes me is just a lack of respect for human life. Um, so I don't know that any law, any training, any reform is going to change. You know, they, 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 this man was handcuffed. They continued to beat him. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to happen. No sense in doing, uh, in trying to do anything. I mean, uh, look, this is the same argument they make every time some uh, uh, some white kid with an AR-15 busts loose with a uh, uh, on a you know on a school full of fourth graders or first graders. Well, you know, I mean, we don't need more laws. There's no sense in having gun laws. Somebody's still going to, you know, we're still going to have these things. They're going to happen once in a while. I mean, it's just the price of freedom, y'all. Only it's not. That's like saying we need to take down all the stop signs because people occasionally run stop signs. But again, this is quintessentially and classically maggot. Um, and I was actually reminded, I, it's hard to watch the whole thing, but as I watched it, I was reminded of when we had a hearing probably two years ago when, when George Floyd's brother came and testified in front of the Judiciary Committee. And it was one of those moments where fact and truth and emotion all came together. And he, he said something at hearings, actually during the questioning portion of the hearing, he said, life is precious. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments that grabbed everyone in that hearing, both, both parties, and the fact that we saw that these individuals, these five individuals, did not have any respect for life. And again, I don't think these five guys represent the vast, vast majority of law enforcement. Not all cops! But I don't know that there's anything you can do to stop the kind of evil we saw in that video. So, uh, it sounds like you are not for any new federal regulation. Well, right. Mr. Obvious. Thanks, Chuck. But Chuck's doing better. I mean, you know, you got to pray. You got to lift people up when they're doing that. He's getting a little better. He wasn't just sitting there letting him, letting, letting, letting Jim Jacketoff Jordan have his way. 
I mean, that's an improvement, right? But so I, he doesn't think there's any legislation. Now, on the other hand, this is also a guy who's a proponent of legislation that would punish women for managing the, their own reproductive systems. So I guess there's something to be done there. I mean, we have enhanced federal penalties for crimes committed by felons who possess weapons, for crimes committed when the person was in the possession of a firearm, yeah. And... uh, but here, no, there's nothing to be done. Those were just, well, some bad cops. Without ever having the moral curiosity to wonder how they became bad cops. They were taught to be bad cops by a police department that had... Bad intent. It's um, well, it's just who the republic. It's who maggots are. Because frankly, he can sit there and make noises with his mouth. But Jack, Jack, Jim Jacketoff Jordan doesn't give a good goddamn about a, a young man beaten to death. We know what he was really interested in talking about. We'll have a listen to that in a minute. But let's finish this first. Well, there's, there's things we can do. I think there's all kinds of grant dollars that go out. There's reform that can happen there. We, we offered amendments to a bill. Yeah, we can give them more armored ant- per- tanks. Snipers, we can do that. Uh, Steve from Georgistan just sent me a uh, screenshot of Jim Jordan's district in Ohio. What's wrong with this picture, Steve asks. Well, Jim Jacket off Jordan's district is gerrymandered within an inch of its life. It runs from central Ohio. Um, to the northwest of Columbus, and then it wiggles to the north a little bit and comes back to the west a little bit, and then it goes east. Up to, up to almost Lake Erie. It's ridiculous. And it's made to, it is drawn to make his seat safe um, Scott in San Diego says uh, the Jordan Jive let me try that again I may have received the best description yet of the sorry state of our union it came in the form of a line in an email I got today from former Air America host and currently a stand up comedian and twice weekly podcaster Mark Marin. he sums up our sorry situation thusly we face the necessity of public intellectual discourse in the face of and as a response to the normalization of American fascism Marin has not overstated or exaggerated what we're dealing with, and the horn doesn't either. We've been talking about this for a long time. Fascism doesn't just pop up overnight. 
And I remember when we were, you know, radicals for mentioning the F word. Speaking of Jim Jacketoff, Jordan, Scott continues, as you know, I take one for the team weekly by watching Meet the Press. I only got five minutes into Jordan's nearly half-hour segment yesterday with Chucko before changing the channel. If, if I'd watched a minute longer, I would have lost my breakfast, and I hadn't even had breakfast. Yeah, that's when you start, you know, yakking up your toenails. I know the feeling. But, you know, there, there's grants. We got some grants. We can We can give some grants to pay some more bad cops. Uh, Tim Scott had legislation. That wasn't what the Democrats brought forward mm-hmm. a few years ago. Um, so I think there are some things we can we can we can look at, but it's just a difference in, in I think a philosophy. The Democrats always think that it's it's a new law that's going to fix something yeah. that terrible. We kind of think that that's you know there's no I, I, get the, I get the I get the ideological. You, I think the Tim Scott bill had a lot of financial incentives. Sure did. And the uh, George Floyd bill was was some mandatory. But let me go through. Why not a federal ban on chokeholds? That seems to be that's agreed. Okay, that's good. Federal ban on chokeholds, yeah. Um, but these 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 maggots are, are are absolutely wild for the death penalty. I'm not so crazy about the death penalty, but they are. How about how about a mandatory death penalty for cops who participate in lynchings? Why do I ask? Upon right, you're you're well, comfortable with a full federal ban on chokeholds for Well, I'm, I'm for the best training possible, but what I'm not for is what we saw there. I don't mm-hmm. know that any any training, any ban, there was no chokeholds used there. What they did there was just just continue to beat this this Mr. Nichols, and so I don't know that that's the answer. But, this um, Mr. Nichols, we, this uh, again, Mr. We'll, Nichols? we'll look at what we think makes sense to, to what. What was it? What was the word he was thinking of before he said Mr. Nichols? Or was there a phrase? This Mr. Nichols. Oh, it's little moments like that where you can really see the inner workings. But this is, of course, a man who was told that young men in his charge were being raped by the team doctor at The Ohio State University. Ho-hum. Assistant wrestling coach. I bet he knows a little bit about chokeholds. Maybe he rather enjoys them. Giving them? Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you to uh, Charlene in Rogues Island. Uh, Charlene just turned 50 into 150. And so we are $75 out of the 250 that we need to raise to qualify for that matching challenge. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you so much. That would be huge. So um, that leaves us at uh, 175 to go. 175. Thank you. Thank you, Ralphs, and thank you, Charlene, so very much. I mean... How morally depraved are you that you you, 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 you can't even say that, that a man you shouldn't have a chokehold applied to him when he is defenseless? Well, I mean, they didn't choke him, did they? Oh, well, okay, so we don't need a chokehold law. This Mr. Nichols. 
to help this, to make sure they have the proper training. But no amount of training is going to change what we saw in that video. What? What an asshole. What a giant, whopping, no two ways about it, asshole. Um, but it went on. And then he got fact-checked some more. This was pretty good, too. Hold on. There we go. You, you keep talking about a raid, but you keep talking about this raid uh, on, on Donald Trump. The amount of time, there was nine months between the initial action that the archives made for a request of documents before they even turned it over to the Justice Department. The subpoena was issued 60 days before they actually uh, executed the subpoena. And more importantly, the only time the public found out about it is because Donald Trump told the public about it. This was not some sort of, the, you painted as a picture of the FBI did this, this, and this within hours of each other, when it was actually a year and a half of Donald Trump Jim not Lido, complying Jim. with any of the requests from National Archives. A year and a half. This is not some sort of uh, proof that but, somehow that they've Trump, weaponized and Trump, playing politics over here. They raided, they raided Trump's home. They haven't raided Biden's home. Because they, Biden didn't defy a subpoena, Congressman. He <laughs> defied a subpoena. By the way, he had 60 days to comply with Trump's, the subpoena before they actually executed President the Trump had documents locked in a room with Secret Service protecting them. Uh, President Biden had documents in his garage and in a think tank that was funded by the Chinese. I think there's a difference. President Trump was the only guy who was actually are, president. Are, the, I mean, you talk about that. You're worried about the Chinese and, and, and Hunter no, Biden. No, I'm just saying, Are I think there's a difference. Are you worried about the Chinese and Donald they Trump? They took pictures. They took pictures of... Are you at all worried about that? No, Jerry, I, I'm not. But they took pictures of, of the documents at Trump's house. They took no pictures of documents. In fact, not at all worried about, you know, precious princess I wank my daddy Trump Kushner and all the contracts that she has there with the Chai comms. Yeah. Nah, not worried about that. It's not just me who would like to know what went on here. Senator Warner said it last I, week. He would like to get a briefing. He wants to see the documents. No and guess what? The FBI the issue, is saying no, but they took pictures the of the folders in Trump's home. The issue is not whether Joe what Joe Biden did. Uh, no, the issue, is, the issue is equal why treatment is it, under the law. That's the issue. No, the equal issue is treatment you under do the not law. seem to ever see the same conspiratorial problems when it's a Republican. You, Maybe. See? Chuck did better. And then there was the, the, the matter of uh, yeah, him, him getting the uh, handed a fact-checked list of all the crap that Nitwit Nero did trying to weaponize the federal government. And by the way, uh, uh, Jacket Off is losing again. The Department of Justice told him to go piss up a rope again some more. Assistant Attorney General Carlos Uriarte uh, told Jim Jacket Off Jordan and Representative Mike Johnson um, 
that longstanding DOJ rules prevent it from disclosing documents related to ongoing investigations. It's not like that's a new idea. Um, it came in the form of a letter with the DOJ telling Jim Jacket off Jordan to go pound sand in the politest terms possible. Uh, it's, it was a multi-page affair, and it, the and, and it was just a very long way of saying fuck off. Which is exactly what should be said day in and day out every time. I don't care if he says good morning. Fuck off, Jim. And I hope they stick to their guns. It would be wonderful if they did. So, uh, just happy. I hope it doesn't embarrass him too much. Actually, I hope it doesn't embarrass him too little. This idea of a weaponized FBI is. Such monumental garbage. Why didn't they raid Biden's house? Yeah. But Joe Biden. Uh, can you imagine what it must be like? And I guess you have to be ideologically aligned. Can you imagine what it must be like to be a member of his staff? Ugh. Just, ugh. Hey, thank you, Darlene. Darlene just got us ever so much closer. We are at $125 to go now. In uh, reaching our tripling challenge, our massive tripling challenge, they'll get us half done with uh, what we've got to reach the end of the month. Thank you, Darlene. So far, it's a sorority. Uh, Ralphs and Charlene and Darlene, the sorority of leans. Uh, Scott in San Diego said, uh, boy, the password is Boy. I picked right up on it, too. He caught himself, but he wanted to use that pejorative with every fiber of his sleazy being, Jim Jacketoff Jordan did. This, Mr. Nichols, this. I'll bet you if you rerun the tape, you'll see his lips forming a B word before he pulled a switch with his this, Mr. Nichols, jive. Well, it would, it, it would, it would be in character now, wouldn't it? It absolutely would fit. Oh, and uh, while we're uh, so um, that, let's move away from Jim Jacket off Jordan and go to another. Well, Ron Monkey up Declantis. Now that Ron Monkey up Declantis has banned the teaching of an AP African American Studies African American History course, claiming that it's woke. Jesus. Um, 
well, uh, a pastor named Andy Allen, who pastors at Allendale Methodist Church, said, when I heard my governor say that this class was of little educational value and that it was sending the message to, you know, black and brown students that they're of little educational value, and I wanted to make sure that I sent the message that they are of immeasurable value and that when the history is written, they will be filling the pages and the governor is of little value. So he will teach those courses in his church as a means of telling Ron Monkey up DeSantis to stuff it. Thank you, Henry. Henry just got us down to uh, $100 to go on the challenge. Thank you, Henry. That's tremendous. And we're getting uh, we're getting ever so much we're getting ever so much closer. Thank you. Pastor Allen went on and said, we have professors who have been stepping up at the high school and college level that have been in touch with the college board. We plan to offer the course for credit. We also plan to offer a version of the course to the general population because if there's anything that wants the people to make people want to take it more is banning it. So I'd like to thank the governor. And over the weekend, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I guess, well, not guessing, uh, Maybe something is coming back to haunt Ron Monkey up to Clantis. You know, he had a highfalutin education, Harvard, all that stuff, went to law school. And then he joined the Navy. Yeah. And they sent him to Knife and Fork School where he learned how to, who to salute and how. And he was a member of the JAG Corps, Judge Advocate General. And so now it's coming to light that he may have done some really sick things when he was in the JAG Corps at Guantanamo. He's being accused of torture, which, of course, is actually par for the course with him. He's... Yeah, you can you can see you can see uh, Ron Monkey up to Clantis being a fan of torture. Former Guantanamo inmate Mansour uh, Adifis uh, described what he went through. We had no rights at Guantanamo. We had no power. We had nothing but our bodies and our lives, and we had to use them to bring about change. Going on hunger strike is like entering a dark tunnel, and the light is at the, at the end is death. He wrote that back in September of 2021. Ron Monkey up DeClantis rose to the level of lieutenant commander in the Navy. Um, trying to think what that would be equivalent to in Army or Air Force terms. Never mind. But Monkey Up has tried to keep his service, service, his experiences in places like Fallujah and Guantanamo Bay, kind of on the down low. 
He won't be interviewed about it. He claims he still serves in the Navy Reserve, but the Navy Reserve says, nuh-uh. He was, among other things, assistant urinalysis coordinator. From March 2006 through early January 2007, DeSantis' primary duty was a trial counsel, meaning a prosecutor. Other officers who served alongside DeSantis... Uh, have have talked about a darker time. Well, Abdul Rahman Ahmed, also known as uh, Mansour Adafi, said that DeSantis observed and allowed and participated in illegal acts of torture to help put down a hunger strike in 2006 by dozens of detainees. Um, Adafi was interviewed and he saw a fucking I said he said I saw a fucking handsome person who was coming he said I'm here to ensure that you're treated humanely and we said okay this is our demand you know we're not asking for much and then DeSantis went on and said and if you have any problems if you have any concerns if you have just talk to me and we, we were drowning in that place I'm like oh this is cool that person actually writing something. He'll raise the concerns, but it was a piece of the game. What they were doing, they were they were looking to what's going to hurt you more to use against you. And said DeSantis watched with amusement while he and other uh, other uh, other concentration camp prisoners were force-fed inshore through a nasal feeding t- tube that had been shoved down their gullets. He was there. He was watching us. We were crying, screaming. We were tied to the feeding chair, and that guy, he was watching that. He was laughing, basically, when they used to feed us because our stomach cannot hold this amount of insure. They used to pour insure one can after another, one can after another. So when he approached me, I said, this is the way we're treated. He said, you should start to eat, and I threw up on his face, literally on his face. Does this fit with him? Does to me. And all of this barely covered. And again, um, far too many people were completely okay with it. And that, well, that's sick. Adafi said, so we couldn't handle it for five days. They just kept pouring the insurance, and in one week they break all the hunger strikers. 
in one week totally. It was a mission, and he was there. All of them were, was watching the colonel, officers, you know, doctors, nurses, and not just that. They used to also beat us, and if we scream or pain, bleeding came out from our nose and mouth. They're like, eat. The only word they told you, eat, eat, eat. You know, we were beaten all day long, all day. There's a team. Whatever you do, they just beat you, pepper spray, beating, sleep deprivation. That continued for three months, and he was there because at the beginning he told us that he was there to ensure we were treated humanely. This guy is a torturer, a criminal. And he's certainly living according to type now, behaving according to type, because what he, you know, the things he's been doing of late, we talked about it last week, they are a form of torture, without a doubt. Subject line, JAG officers, what the fuck? Lindsey Graham and Ron DeSantis were JAG officers. I can only wonder how many lives were destroyed with undeserving bad conduct and dishonorable discharges. These two racist and homophobic creeps are not the fair and impartial types. No, they are not. And going back to uh, policing, uh, Ron and Raleigh says, I'm, I'm, here's part of the problem. I'm sure you've heard of police warrior training. This training trains police to look at citizens as the enemy. Yeah, everyone is guilty. Presumed guilty. You know, it's a running gag among cops that, you know, they only arrest the guilty ones. You know, it's horrifying. Oh, and by the way, this happened over the weekend... Uh, you may recall last year when the governor of Utah, Spencer Cox, vetoed a, uh, a, vetoed a, 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 a trans sports ban and was hailed as being, he said, I don't understand these people, but I want them to live. And everybody said, well, look at that. He's a decent human being. Well, that's, that, that, that's been recalled. Because he signed into law a ban on uh, any form of, of gender care for trans kids. The only redeeming part of the bill that he signed into law is the fact that kids who are already receiving um, hormonal therapy, and by kids, I mean, you know, we're talking about 16-year-olds, okay, not 4-year-olds. Kids who have been, uh, been counseled, had therapy, all of that, and finally get to take the, make the moves to make them who they need to be. Well, um, essentially, they've banned the only safe and effective treatment for trans kids that exists. And out in Utah, trans kids will die. They will. 
It's not, it, it's not, it's not speculative. And they're okay with that. And I was corresponding with um, the woman I know out, out there. Just, you know, sent her a message saying, you know, keep the faith. And she said, it's hard. I said, well, yeah, I know. I'm in West Virginia. And she said, owe that bill because she knows about SB 252. And uh, she said, the thing most people don't, don't understand is that now that they've done this, they'll take another step because they're not they're not done. They're not going to be done until and, – and this is you – know, this is a woman who is an adult. My God, she was a submariner. And she said the next thing will be to take it away from people who are already way down the road in their transition and, and forcible detransition. The L.A. Times uh, published an op-ed and said that these Republicans have especially targeted the transgender community. The reason the L.A. Times wrote isn't hard to discern. In their crass and cruel quest for targets to unite their base against, they'd run out of acceptable candidates for discrimination and abuse. Open racism was no longer socially acceptable, though it has made a strong comeback lately in Trump's wake. It's no longer respectable to make fun of the mentally ill, the homeless, the disabled. LGBTQ people have moved into the mainstream of culture and society. Even conservative and Republican families have found themselves accepting LGBTQ siblings, children, and parents. Gay and lesbian characters in the Hollywood movies and TV shows have evolved from those whose homosexuality set them apart to those who are just like everyone else except gay and lesbian and to those whose homosexuality is irrelevant to the story or their role in it. In the Republican world, transgender people are among the last who can safely be depicted as the other. Gender identity is still a perplexing topic for Americans. That makes it easy to caricature and easy to paint transgender people and the assistance their families are trying to provide them as somehow strange and nefarious. I was talking to Miss Terry earlier today, and she said the Alabama has some, well, Alabama has weird laws. And that, but they've got some really screwy laws about when the legislature meets. It, you know, things about months with R's in them and whatnot. Um, and so the Alabama legislature will not meet this year until March. And that's when she says she expects the next wave of nastiness to come. And she's not wrong. Um, thank you, Clarence. Uh, Clarence in South Carolina, or perhaps on the road. I do not know which. Thank you, Clarence. We are now down to $75 to go in the massive three-for-one challenge. 75 bucks, and that would uh, get us... Uh, that would that would be tripled to turn it into... Uh, well, the whole thing would result in carving our deficit in half and get us down to only 750 to go. That's wonderful. Thank you, Clarence. Uh, killing trans kids in Utah, Stephen New York asks, how is this any different than withholding psychotropic meds from people like me, or insulin from a diabetic, or chemotherapy from a cancer patient? Well, it is and it isn't different. Withholding life-saving medication is brutal and hateful and vile and evil. 
And so these medications are life-saving. I, I, I know that for my, 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 I know that for myself, and I know that to be the case with every person I, I know who is on them. Uh, the other thing, though, is you know, unlike cancer, being trans isn't a disease. It's a state of being that requires correction. It's yeah, it's like the, uh, it's like the metformin I take every day. To manage my blood sugar. By the way, this morning, yay, hooray for me. I got my lowest number yet. Um, I checked my I checked my blood sugar the minute I woke up, and lo and behold, 98. Yes, yes. So I'm doing some I'm doing things right, and I feel really good about it. And I, I, I was just absolutely tickled pink when I saw that number. Uh, the L.A. Times op-ed by Michael uh, Hiltzik points out, of course, Ron Monkey up DeClantis, noting that uh, DeSantis, the nation's most thuggish culture warrior, enormously discriminatory parental rights and education law, known familiarly as the Don't Say Gay, law, um, makes clear that the transgender community is the true target. How many parents want their kids to have transgenderism or something injected into classroom instruction? Now, I think clearly right now we see a focus on transgenderism, like it's a religion, telling kids they may be able to pick genders and all of that. It's not a matter of picking them. It's not a matter of wanting to or becoming. It's what we've been all along. And so, Spencer Cox in Utah, once thought to be at least a marginally decent Republican, I know, the bar for that is so low. Um, no, no more. He said, more and more experts, states, and countries around the world are pausing these permanent and life-altering treatments for new patients until more and better research can help determine the long-term consequences. Well, the long-term consequences are the kids live. And the long-term consequences without it are far too many don't. So we will wait to see how the legislative challenge to that goes. They just bought themselves. Yeah, they do these things, and they know they're going to spend a fortune on it. But suddenly, fiscally, when, when it comes to hate, a Republican can always find the money to support it. No, no, no. no, no Steve, you got nothing to worry about. I didn't mean to equate being trans with a disease. I apologize for that. No, no, you're fine. It's not fully, you know, look, it's not fully understood. Um, We don't even necessarily know its origins. But it is amazing the change it can make in one's life. And, of course, well, more in Monday and all, Since we've been in Florida anyway, 
Legislation's been introduced in the uh, Florida legislature that will make carrying a concealed weapon something that Floridians can do without having to get a concealed weapon permit. It's referred to as constitutional carry, which is a horseshit term right up there with constitutional originalism. It was bad enough that Geraldo Rivera showed up uh, to debate, if you can call it that, uh, the Hannity job, and ha- and brought a musket with him and said, here, here, this is what they were talking about. And uh, state representing Chuck Brannon held a press conference in Tallahassee stand and said, the bill that I will file later today continues to advance Second Amendment freedoms through legislation known as constitutional curry. I believe Floridians have a right to bear arms to protect themselves. I can't wait until the bill gets introduced in the legislature to make sure that women do not have the right to display bare arms, just like Missouri. Protect themselves, their families, and their property without government interference. This bill's a big step to help the average law-abiding citizen keep from having to go through the hoops of getting a permit from the government to carry their weapons. Whether they're sane or not. And, of course, they had some token law enforcement creeps there. Well, this will help us protect our law-abiding citizens. Um, Representing Brandon said, Criminals are getting guns anyway. They're breaking into houses, they're breaking into cars, and they're carrying guns illegally. They don't care what the law says. We're only giving our law-abiding citizens a simpler way to have the ability to protect themselves, their families, their homes, and their places of business. All this protect themselves bullshit is, is just it, it's just another way to to kill people. Because, you know, if you pull a gun on a home intruder, well, they're not going to run away because they see a gun. No. And so if Florida becomes a constant, a, 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 a carry them if you got them state, that will make 26 states of the union that are. More than half. And somewhere in, in that, that mirrored glass cube of a building. Uh, outside D.C., the, the National Ruble Association is masturbating furiously in absolute joy at another step being taken. To turn this this country into a free fire zone. And then repeat the same old tired talking points. Criminals know they to get a permit. Not one of them. Nope, they don't care about obeying the law. Our law-abiding citizens have that immediate right to guarantee and the freedom to go protect themselves. We as Florida sheriffs stand solidly behind this, and we stand behind the oath that we took to protect the United States Constitution and the Constitution of Florida. It's in the Constitution! God, God, God.
Well, this ought to make for some interesting, more interesting Florida man stories. And then today in uh, in Manhattan. Um, the district attorney's office began presenting evidence to a grand jury about the role that Nitwit Nero played in paying hush money to uh, Stormy Daniels. And, one of, of course, one of the chief witnesses will be uh, one of the folks who helped spike those stories, a guy named David, because, of course, Pecker, uh, from um, the National Enquirer. Uh, he, uh, David Pecker was seen entering the uh, courthouse in Lower Manhattan today presumably to give testimony to the grand jury. Other members of the uh, uh, National Enquirer group, as well as Nitwit Nero's own uh, personal shitheads from the Trump Organization, are also expected to testify. Jeffrey McConney and Deborah Tarasoff haven't testified yet, but are expected to. The former editor of the National Enquirer, Dylan Howard, also expected to testify. And they're even delving into the uh, uh, staff for Julius Geezer's 2016 campaign. It's a kind of a watch-this-space sort of matter. Uh, you can bet your ass, Ron and Raleigh says, I will not be going to Florida where not only woke goes to die, but black folks as well. A bunch of gunned-up Florida crackers standing their ground. Remember the guy that shot into a car full of teenagers because they wouldn't turn down their uh, uh, their music? Yeah, I do. I do. Disgusting. And, well, I can just imagine that the uh, concealed carry swimwear fashion will be all the thing up and down South Beach or maybe up toward Daytona, Jacksonville. Over on the Gulf Coast side, they'll be big. Concealed carry bikini tops. Men's Speedos with a holster bulge shoot your dick off son sorry Um, so um, and then this I ran across this one after we got out of the uh, got done with the program on Friday and just kind of said well probably going to have to talk about this A four-star general in the United States Air Force 
There's nothing. It, his name may not be Jack D. Ripper, but he's got the vibe. General Mike Minahan, the, hair, the, the head of Air Mobility Command, says, said in a memo that he sent around to the officers that he commands, said, uh, my, I hope I'm wrong. My gut tells me we will fight in 2025. They're the transport and refueling arm of the Air Force, Air Mobility Command. He said he expects Xi Jinping to move on Taiwan in 2024 because there will be presidential elections in both Taiwan and the U.S. And went on to say, during the month of February, all Air Mobility Command personnel should fire a clip into a seven-meter target with the full understanding that unrepentant lethality matters most. Aim for the head. And tells them to update their records and emergency contacts. Then he says in March that Air Mobility Command personnel need to consider their personal affairs and whether a visit should be scheduled with their servicing base legal office to ensure they are legally ready and prepared. I don't think there was anything in the memo about precious bodily fluids. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was. NBC News had this story. This isn't something coming from Fox. Worrisome. Yeah, this too. Uh, thank you for reminding me. I had it in the stack. Kim uh, in New York writing. Uh, oh, oh, well, thank you. Congratulations on your low blood sugar number today. Thank you so much, Kim. Uh, but I did. So the, there's an investigation going on in the Buckeye State. Because a couple there, I wish I was kidding, I am not. There's a couple there that runs a homeschooling network of some 2,400 members. And here's the thing, they, uh, they're being investigated by the, I guess, the Ohio Department of Education... Because the homeschooling methods that they teach are designed to raise good Nazis. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but y'all, we have a Nazi problem. David Gilbert writing says, uh, earlier this month, while the rest of the country was celebrating the achievements of civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Parents and children in the dissident homeschool network opened a lesson plan and were greeted with the words, as Adolf Hitler wrote, and continues, the contents of the MLK lesson plan would be shocking for almost anyone, but for members of the 2,400-member dissident homeschool telegram channel, 
This is just a regular Monday at school. The administrator of the Nazi program said, It is up to us to ensure our children know him for the deceitful, dishonest, riot-inciting Negro he actually was. He is the face of a movement which ethnically cleansed whites out of urban areas and precipitated the anti-white regime that we are now fighting to free ourselves from. They've been going since October of 2021. They openly uh, espouse Nazi ideology. They teach. They, they they tell the parents to teach their children not to play with non-white children, or even have any contact. Jesus. And I guess, and this is the creepy part, it's all okay. It's okay to be a Nazi in America. Because freedom. And that's how fascism wins. They use the legal principles of an open society to take power. And then they quash all those liberal principles. What do you, what do, you do with people like this? And a greater question, does, does a nation, does a community have the right to know that it has Nazis in its midst? And who those Nazis are? Do they really have a right to walk among us and not at least be known for who they are? I'm a liberal. I'm a lefty. I'm not ashamed of it. I'll tell anybody. Maybe there are some consequences. Why shouldn't there be consequences for being a Nazi? Just gobsmacks me. Let me uh, Yeah, it is the Ohio Department of Education that's doing the uh, investigation. Logan and Katya Lawrence are the uh, is the couple that operates this Nazi network. And uh, their their goal and this is a quote is to raise children up who will become wonderful Nazis. Katya Lawrence, who is 37, among other things, uh, tells the group about how she baked a Fuhrer cake for Hitler's birthday and how she records her and and sends out and shares recordings of her children screaming Sieg Heil. Uh, 
Over at the Ohio Department of Education, the interim superintendent of public instruction, Stephanie Siddons, said, I'm outraged and saddened. There's absolutely no place for hate-filled, divisive, and hurtful instruction in Ohio schools, including our state's homeschooling community. I emphatically and categorically denounce the racist, anti-Semitic, and fascist ideology and materials being circulated. Well, that's not where the hate's... That's not the only place where the hate can be found. And the thing is, to homeschool your kid in Ohio, they have to provide 900 hours of instruction per year. They have to notify the superintendent every year and provide an assessment of the student's work. And that's it. Nothing in there about not being Nazis. But of course, in the in the uh, in 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 the rules governing homeschooling, uh, they did make sure to point out that uh, uh, no 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 homeschooling parents can be compelled to teach a curriculum that is contrary to their sincerely held religious beliefs. Yeah. So now we're going to have Nazis pleading that their Nazism is a part of their sincerely held religious belief, and you know what? I believe them. Carmen Longoria Green is a lawyer and a board president of the Coalition for Responsible Home Education. She said, I don't know whether religious beliefs are part of why the Lawrences have embraced this fascist ideology, but to the extent that they are, the Ohio statutes would expressly protect that type of instruction. And the question is, how do you, can you even stop that? What happens to the children who have been turned into little monsters by their parents when they go out into the wider world? But it doesn't give me a good feeling. Makes me wonder if maybe that's where your next school shooter may come from. And this just uh, came across my feed. Um, President Biden sent a note to Congress today that the national emergencies to combat the COVID outbreak will come to an end on May the 11th. Uh, Republicans wanted to end it immediately. But the White House in its statement said an abrupt end to the emergency declarations would create wide-ranging chaos and uncertainty throughout the health care system for states, for hospitals and doctors' offices, and most importantly for tens of millions of Americans. I'm not for sure, but I think that means if you haven't gotten your booster, go get it. Because it does work. And right now it's free. And a a, a shockingly low number of Americans have even gotten it. 
because among other things, um, Title 42, a public health measure that's affected so many uh, immigrants, will be ended. And uh, tens of millions of additional Medicaid funding that allowed people to keep their Medicaid during the pandemic will also go away. And what's curious, of course, in all of this, is that COVID hasn't gone away. As to the Nazis, Stephen New York says, stopping the little Nazi-lings. No more state funding for homeschoolers. If you want to school your children at home, have at it. We the people won't pay for it. And one wonders the degree to which we, you know, do pay for it. But we're well past the halfway mark of the evening's program, uh, even though I missed the first 10, 15 minutes of it. Sorry. Um, we got $75 to go on the massive three-for-one challenge. Just $75, and we will be halfway done with the whopping deficit that we have right now. It'll cut it from 1500 to 750 So if anybody wants to jump in on the challenge, that would be fantastic. Um, And for now, let's run over to the let's run over to the uh, uh, Skypline. Check in with Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Robin. Happy Monday. Well, happy Monday. You said it was less than a sterling Monday out there at Shea Guru. Well, it it, it is and it isn't. I, um, I I'm you know getting ready for an in- inspection toward the end of uh, February. You know, for my housing allotment and stuff. So I've got to putter around more often than I otherwise would. And with a gimp leg, I mean, it's it's better, but it ain't well, you know. So I you're I, on the way though, but you, yeah, you, I'm you, on, you. on my way, on my way. But I, I you know, I, I will, I'll ex- explain in a moment why I have the black crepe hung around uh, the sitting room here at Shea Guru, but. Uh, you know, just talk about Nazis. I I think back. There's only two movies that I can remember that I actually saw three times each in a theater. One of them was Mash, the Robert Altman film. All right. And the other was The Producers, the the Mel Brooks movie, Springtime for. I thought Earth. you were going to say Judgment at Nuremberg, but. No, no. Um, and I I don't know what it was that drew me. Well, I know what drew me to both of those films. They were both very well done, very funny funny in, in spots, and they both made valid points, which apparently some of us have not heeded. I, I'm speaking in terms of, uh, of uh, the producers, where they put on a play, a musical, uh, uh, written by a Nazi who lived springtime for a, Hitler, yes, on a rooftop with his pigeons <laughs> and his uh, uh, German helmet with a little spot of bird poo. 
<laughs> Brilliant. And it was and it was all done as a ruse to deliberately lose money and make a fortune. Right. The worst possible play that you could possibly put on. And this this former Nazi living on a rooftop in Manhattan uh, wrote this uh, love letter to Hitler. And so uh, Gene Wilder and Gerald Mostel figured, well, this has got to be the worst thing that we can present, intending to lose money but actually make money, you know, by closing the show after one performance. But because they they had more backers than they actually needed. Anybody who's seen the movie knows this. But I'm thinking, you know, there's a line that is sung from one of the songs in the show as they get, as the show goes on. And I believe it's the voice of Mel Brooks dubbed over the actor who's actually seen in the scene. Don't be a dummy, be a smarty. Come and join the Nazi party. Well, that's a joke, people. He's, it's not a recruitment drive, for fuck's sake. You know? No, and I've actually heard Mel Brooks, uh, I think he was speaking with Terry Gross. And, and he talked about why he made fun of Nazis. Yeah. And he, he said it was the only avenue. They're vicious well, and they're hateful, and so they have to be relentlessly mocked. And that film was released in 67, which is, what, barely not, let's see, 45 to 55 is 10 years, 55 to 65 is 20 years. That's not even a quarter century no. past the actual war, you know? So it was probably a good time to make fun, or he might have been a decade too too late. Because and curiously, that's roughly the same time that Hogan's Heroes is having its success. Yeah, mid-60s. And it ran for, I don't know, four or five seasons. But apparently, you can't make fun of them in a way. You can't make light of something like that. Although it's it's a release, it gives you a chance to, to point and, 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 and make fun. But they don't like to be made fun of. I found that out when we went to some of my fellow high schoolers in my junior year. They had a white power rally down at the Market Square in uh, Alexandria. So about 40 of us decided to go and hoot and holler and, you know, not interrupt their free speech, but punctuate it from time to time. And, you know, violence did not ensue because... You know, back then, I don't know. They maybe they were were more gutless than they currently are, less willing to start something. But uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, and you asked, I don't know, rhetorically or not. Uh, how, how, what do we do about this? I'm afraid there's nothing that can be done. I'm afraid that the disease may have to run its course. But do you, but but do you even? I mean, and this isn't a challenge. Do I hear myself? Is that what you want? No, to I was. Gonna, do, but do you even know what it means to let it run its course? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I have a pretty uh, good impression of what that is going to. And by run its course, I don't mean full tilt boogie, but uh, not the ultimate run its course. I'm talking about. I, it, it's it's not going to stop of its own accord. We know that. And we also no. It, it, what it re- what it requires is for people. A, you have to out these people. And yeah. if you're a Nazi, 
there's no there's no there's no ethical argument to be had that says you shouldn't be outed as a Nazi. Nazis no, are toxic. Nazis are poisonous. Yeah. Nazis are, are 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 death to everything we think is uh, our commitment to freedom and democracy. So, you know, these 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 Nazis in Ohio, people you know in their neighborhood need to know you're they're Nazis. And then the people themselves have to act and say, I'm sorry, I don't want anything to do with you. You're a Nazi. And the people who employ them have to say, I'm sorry, you can't work here. You're a Nazi. Yeah, but where in Ohio was this? Well, I mean, it, they're, on a, they're on a telegram channel that's not just in Ohio. I mean, there's 2,400 people subscribed to this thing. And yeah, some people, went, well, ah, it's only 2,400 people. No. The reason I ask is... One of the things I found out when I moved to Cincinnati, it, it, it was settled in a lot of ways by, by German folks. And I thought if it was like a suburb oh, yeah. of Cincinnati. No, oh, that reminds it, me of something I said to Steve in New York last night, you know, after watching the AFC championship game. I said, the Bing, uh, uh, the, the Cincinnati has nothing to be ashamed of, dot, 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 except that goddamn chili. Yep. No, wait a minute. <laughs> There are so many different varieties of it that you you can't you can't buy, be disappointed. If by it's all sweet and it has cinnamon and allspice in it, yes, I can. Yeah, but not all of them do. Some have cocoa. Actually, there's an argument to be made for cacao in chili because it's all just a mole. Yeah. Mole being a. But anyway, what, you say, what did no. you say to Steve? No, I, well, you? just you know, that, no, I just you know, nothing to be ashamed. But Cincinnati, yeah, there's a huge. It, uh, there was a lot of, but I don't necessarily. What were these people's names? Um, yeah, here we go. Let me just. Uh, Logan and Katya Lawrence. I don't think Lawrence is more a British name, isn't it? Or a, mm-hmm. yeah, T. E. Lawrence wasn't he a Brit? Uh huh. Of Arabia, I I just I don't you know I don't know if you wanted an answer or we're just posing the question rhetorically. I don't know, I don't know. Other than to out them, and to and to explain to people, not necessarily to them, because they they don't confuse me with the facts. My mind's made up. It is their attitude. I don't want to, and you can't make me. You know, as, as many two-year-olds use as their uh, reasoning in life, uh, and this is not to disparage most two-year two-year-olds, but it's I outing them it will help uh, informing the public that the situation is more dire than most people can grasp, because you know how it is with with situations. If it ain't happening here, it ain't happening. And by here, I mean my neighborhood or my city or town or, you know, cul-de-sac in the you know wide spot in the country road. Although it's more likely to happen there, but even that's not a safe bet anymore. It's not a rural phenomenon. It you don't have to be a you know a a, a shit kicker to buy into this stuff. And I mean no disrespect to shit kickers. Personally, I tend to step over it, but you know, do what you will. That's you know. 
But I, I just, it, it's disheartening. You know, when you look at the current situation, what do you do about it? Well, to the extent that it is safe to do so, let them put on their little parades and stuff. Let them do their little speeches. But one toe over the line and crack down. And some people say, well, freedom, you know, liberty, uh, you know, sit, liberty, sit. I did it before you did. Uh, you know, that we shouldn't uh, infringe upon people's right to free speech and expression. But there is something where words actually can incite. This is this is what they got. Do you remember uh, the riots in, Cam I think it was Cambridge, Maryland, on the eastern shore in 67, I guess? I think it was Rap Brown was arrested and tried for inciting a riot through his words. Although, as I recall, he didn't do any such thing. He was articul articulating uh, the rage and, and, and anger of the people, but he didn't urge them to go, you know, throw stones through, uh, you know, store windows or burn and loot or anything like that. As I recall, it's been a while, but I don't think he did. But you know how the power structure works. They will use any pretext or pretense. Well, hell, we found this out in Memphis. We're still not clear why young Mr. Nichols was made an example of, a victim of, by these Lynched? People. Well, lynched, yeah. I mean, they didn't necessarily use rope. No, rope is, rope is not a requirement. No, that's it's a it's a mindset. It's an action. Yeah. It's it's a form of it's it's it, it, lynching shows up in many forms. You know, so I you know it's it's just and it, and and like I said earlier, cops doing the lynching is not at all an unknown thing. No, it's not a rare phenomenon. It truly is not, and and it's it's gotten to the point where it's hard to keep track because we've had so many, and you don't have to go back to the 60s or the 50s or further back. We have got a slew of instances in our own life and times. I mean, it's as current as today's headlines because it comprises much of today's headlines. You know, yet yeah. there are people who, who are going to deny and they're going to say, well, uh, I'm not doing it. You know, and that good for you. It's good that you're not. It's good that you're a decent human being and don't engage in such madness. But to there's something about assent, giving one's. Yeah, there used to be a quote that I knew having to do with the responsibility to speak up and speak out and take a stand when you're presented with behave, behavior that's aberrant or hateful or both. I can't remember it, but, you know, it. it we've got to stand up and speak out and give... Be good examples in life, each and every one of us, 
But at the same time, we've got to call the people out, like you say, and out them and and be absolutely clear as a bell what they're up to and why it matters. You know? I'm not telling you anything new, but you get what I mean. Sure. But it, it's just it's just horrendous. Well, Steve, anyway. Steve said running its course, no. I propose a three-pronged plan to crowd them out of the public square. Identification, ridicule, education. Education, not necessarily for them, but for the populace in general. Well, let people let people learn what it looks like when people fa get found out to be Nazis. Yeah, yeah. And also teaching, what's that old uh, song, Teach Your Children Well? Of course, now that's a crapshoot in today's uh, yeah. public school system. Because we don't want the teaching of children of actual history. God forbid. You know? But um, the, I was going to tell you, the, to, to get to a more lighter topic, although it pisses me off, the reason the black crepe is hung here, I... Um, I was wondering I, uh, if you'd get around to that. Yeah, my well, I, I wanted to talk about something serious first, you know, and but the, the, uh, about 18 months ago, uh, I was all ready to uh, get rid of my... Uh, TV service, my cable TV service, which is provided by AT&T. It's called Uverse. I've I have my, my internet through them, and I have my TV service through them. But there's, there's been rate creep. And uh, basically what they did was give me a, uh, a discount, but it wasn't a, 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 it, it had a terminus, and the terminus just arrived. And Bastards. My, yes. And bumped up my uh, monthly uh, cost of this thing for TV and internet to the tune of like nearly sixty bucks, and I, I just I was not happy with it. And I talked to the people this morning to see if they would, you know, uh, consider. Uh, you know, I, I kind of phrased it this way. I said, "Well, are there any any other specials going on?" And she said, "No, we don't have any specials for your TV service." So basically, I cut back to the just the uh, lowest tier of TV that I could get, and I kept HBO because I like you know the movies and stuff. And they actually threw it threw in a couple of uh, movie channels, I guess, to while I wasn't totally happy. But I don't have my MSNBC anymore. I don't have my CNN. I don't have my C-SPAN. Well, I get C-SPAN on online. And I can get the audio of uh, CNN and MSNBC, but sometimes you want to see the pictures, especially like this this past week. You want to see, as awful as it was, you want to see it with your own eyes so that you can... Mm, some do, some don't. I, I was talking with Tracy about it, and she said part of the reason she didn't tune in on Friday was because she knew I'd be running it, and she said, you know, she, she said, I don't need to see it. No, I don't guess any of us do, really. And, and she said, I, I know in my bones what they did. And the same with the murder of George Floyd. Oh, God, yeah, that's... Uh, I can't breathe. Yeah. And, and, and so... You know, I had that clip at the beginning of the program of, of, of Jim Jordan saying, oh, I don't guess there's anything we can do. It's just evil people. Well, 
I actually took, I told you in my email, I took one for the team and watched his little, his little, uh, made it five minutes in. Yeah. No, I watched the, I mean, I watched the whole thing, but I was ready to retch after the first five minutes or so because the guy is just stupid, irretrievably stupid. I mean, no, he's not stupid. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows the purpose for which he engages in such. Nonsense. Right. And he knows who he's playing and for what and, and for what stakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He uh, it's a virtuoso performance. Not virtuous, but virtuoso. OK. But it's like we don't need this. This is not helpful. This is not beneficial to, to the populace, to the to the citizenry, to the to the country. And yet they will not stop, not willingly. And they're just Nazis without the fucking uniforms and the shiny boots when it comes right. And that's how they. And that's how fascism always begins. You don't get the spiffy uniforms until you're well into fully established. You know that long long before the Hugo Bo- uh, the the Germans were using the Hugo Boss uniforms, they were just they were just brown shirts. Yeah. And and. Uh, I cower when the UPS guy comes because of that brown shirt phenomenon. No, I don't actually. I, I don't know. I'm not well. I maybe I've inhaled too much dust. You're okay. Pitching and sorting and cleaning. Huffing those navy, navy bean soup fumes didn't help you any. No, I wait. You know, I could. It's a cold, cold, chilly. Yeah, wouldn't it just be the tonight? day? Uh, either chili or or some of that good old navy bean soup. But uh, I'm making slow, <clears throat> pardon me, slow but steady uh, progress with this, and I'm sure I will pass the uh, the inspection. But I, I just see this is where procrastination does not help. You must once you get the place spick and span, as it were. It's just a matter of a little regular maintenance, and then you don't have to break your back getting it handled. And I've known this all my life, but do I follow through in a in an appropriate manner? No. Why? Because I procrastinate. Why? Because I've got better things to do than my duty to my own uh, well-being and domicile and stuff. So it's my own damn fault, and I realize this, and I own up to it. And but it, it's um, of course now I say this now. It's not quite the first of February. As we get toward the 28th or whenever it is, um, I should I should be done way before then. Um, I think I used the example with my brother the other night. I said it's like eating an elephant. You can do it, but you must do it one bite at a time, and that's what I'm doing. I'm pacing myself. That's the only way. Yeah, we I think we talked about that Friday. Thing. Oh, did I tell you about the heavy duty pain meds? The ones I that you I the did. ones that you found? Yes. Yeah, well, I hadn't really realized that they had included uh, a a goodly supply. I wouldn't and, say that. Uh, I wouldn't say that publicly. There's some there's there's some pillhead out yeah, there that's going to want to find Che Guru. You didn't let me finish. I gave him away. Oh. I g- <laughs> Is it even legal to do that? No, I took him down to the cop shop. The you know the police people because they don't if you have old medicine that you don't need or don't intend to take and you don't want to leave around the house and you're afraid to put them out in the garbage because they already root through the garbage. Not the garbage, but the recycling bin. 
I wish they'd come to the door. Just be man enough or lady enough to come to the door and ask for my plastic. I will give them. See, that's part of the problem with the sorting and pitching. I've got to figure a way to get these fucking pop bottles that I used to take down to the uh, recycling center every third week. That's going to be an adventure. We'll see how that plays out. Well, you mentioned you mentioned black crepe, and this just came across my feed. So uh, this will this will be well. This just sucks. Um, oh, I hope it's not anybody. Are you going to report a death? Yeah. Oh, damn it. Cindy Williams. Oh man. Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, and uh, American Graffiti, as I recall. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish you hadn't have told me that. I could have gone After a brief day. illness, the obit says. She couldn't have been any more than her late 60s. 75. Was she that? I didn't realize she was older than me by that much. See, I think of people like Ron Howard and Clint Howard and and people that I grew up looking at on television as being my contemporaries because they were, they are. She actually studied acting alongside Robert De Niro and, and Sally Fields. I think I knew that. God, I'm so sorry to hear that. Man. Oh, well, I had... Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it does. I, I just... How are you doing? I, enough about what goes on here. What goes on there? Are you okay? Is yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm uh, turning 60 tomorrow, so, you know. Yeah, I heard you mention that. Are that you, uh, messes, are you, it messes with my mind a little bit, but it's the happy... It's, it's, all, the, all the birthdays are happy ones these days. You know, well, circumstances yeah, should, being I, what they are. I should say, and and this, I think you'll find that it's more of a cultural thing where they where they try to mind, fuck with your mind, fuck with your thinking when it comes to growing older. Um, we both live in a world, you actually more than I, where we're going to outlive. A lot of people, barring anything unforeseen, because of the advancements that have been made in, in diet and and, and well, diet. and and medicine that I don't and have med- health insurance for. Yeah. Well, you said you take the. Uh, but I take that. Yeah, the, uh, I, I take. Uh, no, I take my meds every morning. And, yeah. Now, how how many of the um, metformins do you have to take? Uh, I take one point five grams, fifteen hundred milligrams. So that's three. Yeah, the, that's three of the five hundred. Yeah. See, they had when they first put me on it years ago. They wanted me to do three, and I found that they were. Uh, uh, in, in t- <laughs> they messed with my innards. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And they do and that from time to time, time. Yes. And so I, I just said I'm going to take one in the morning and one at night, and see what my. My doc, my doc said that I could just take them all in the morning and just have done, and so that's what I do. Oh, how in the world do you? Well, I crush them up, and I form a nice little rail, and I snort it off the mirror. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, the, uh, 
You mean the sal- the, the 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 less than salutary side effects? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. You, it's a wonder you get anything else done. <laughs> you know? Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm so glad we're being very gentle in the way that we're tap. We're, we're sort of toe dancing around the what we're trying to say, and we're well, not I, gonna I say learned, it. I learned my lesson a couple of calls back when uh, I was edging off into just. Uh, so we're going to hang up on you if you don't quit. Uh, sort of te- territory. Um, hold on here. I've got to look on my app and see. Oh, I'm the next stop. Okay, well, the grocery people are going to be here in probably uh, 10, 20 minutes. Well, I can happily announce that uh, uh, Karen, thank you, Karen, jumped in and got us down to 55 bucks, and I've got a challenge courtesy of Billable Rick. Uh, to tack on to the end of this one, uh, basically, this would wipe out the this would wipe out the pre-existing challenge. Uh, Billable Rick has found love. Um, I have heard rumors to that effect. Yeah. Actually, not rumors. And um, uh, he says I haven't connected this meaningfully with anyone since I met my eventual wife back in 1990 when I was only 27. And hence, Billable says uh, he feels 27 again. Mm. And he's found a fellow Iowegian, just like him. So, yeah. Give him a cowbell. Hence, hence he says, I'm I'm making a an I feel like 27 again challenge. I'll pledge 27 bucks, which can be applied to an extant challenge to be doubled to a total of 54 when met. So, thank you for that billable, Rick, and congratulations, and much happiness to you. And, Nothing uh, that, like feeling like you're in your 20s again. And so that will get the that'll get the uh, that'll get the challenge met, absolutely met. Hallelujah! And that Tell means me. that uh, we actually uh, will be. Let's see. That actually, if somebody meets the 27 dollars, then that means uh, the remaining finish out January number goes down to 723 dollars. Um, By when? The 31st? God damn, that's... What? Today's the 30th, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. 723 between the remainder of today and then tomorrow. Uh, and Theo, by the way, says, Hey, Robin, I've got 10 years on you, and I'm still demonstrably an active troublemaker. So none of this self-questioning, you whippersnapper. Whippersnapper-esque, gods, I feel so clueless these days, but you take my meaning, I'm certain, I do. Whippersnapperette is fine. Um, and I didn't realize it until I saw it um, back on the 24th. Uh, our dear friend John Britavo is precisely 10 years and one week older than me. Another Aquarius. So that explains that. Well, astrology, I mean, he, astrology explains everything. He's still kicking and raising hell and just full of piss and vinegar, as as they say. Yes. And and if if you just turn sixty and he's ten years in a day. Yep. Well. No, ten years look, in a week. A week or ten years in a week. Uh, look what you got to look forward to. And oddly enough, my birthday tomorrow actually falls on the sixty fourth week from. My surgery. So that's kind of cool. Now, answer me this, if there is an answer to be had. Yes. 
when I was 27, I didn't really even feel 27. Sometimes I felt way older and sometimes I felt the right age and sometimes I felt younger. I wasn't, I know for a fact I wasn't quite as together as I later have been able to attain. But I'm in, I'm, I'm imperfect and in process. See, that's the key to it. This is how you don't get frustrated is to realize it's, it's a day by day situation because you're, you're becoming, we were all, it's an ever present tense, if you will. We're in a constant state of becoming. And just as, just as our cells, I know our skin cells all get shed on a regular basis so that after X number of years, you're not, you're literally in terms of your skin, your epidermis, you're not the same person. With very limited exceptions, every cell in your body has been replaced every seven years. Oh, oh it's all, it's all the cells. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. With, well, I, I think, I think maybe brain cells and nerve cells might be a little bit different, but. How about the heart? You couldn't get a new heart. Could you? I, well, maybe you could. Some of us need one. I mean, and I don't mean because of clogged arteries. I mean, well, there's and, and by the way, uh, Ron and Raleigh reminded us, um, I mentioned uh, Cindy Williams. We also lost uh, Tom Verlaine of the group Television, seminal, influential punk Guitarist? group. Television, yeah, I think. Yeah, geez. And the Borg Queen, Ann Wershing, passed on. Young, too. Cancer, the Borg, from uh, one of the Star Trek spin-offs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, you remember when Picard turned into Locutus? Now, see, I never got past the original series and the movies. And I know that people will point and giggle at news of this, but I don't know. I just... We've become accustomed to your quixotic viewing habits. Well, speaking of which, the other night I was uh, flipping through the old uh, YouTube machine and found a, I guess from the mid-90s, an interview with Charlie Rose and Leonard Nimoy. You remember back during the run of, of uh, Star Trek, and it was only three years, so you might have missed it, some of you. Uh, he wrote a book, I Am Not Spock. You remember that? And yeah, I think part part of it was poetry, part of it was biography, part of it was just his thoughts on life and why he wasn't Spock. Well, I think it was after the series, and he wrote it because he had just been forever doomed to his Spockness, and and eventually he came to terms with it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what the net, what the the 1990s book was. It was titled appropriately, "I Am Spock." And yeah, I he he, read... he rethought it. Yeah, I yeah. am. I'm Spock. Yeah, but oh God, that was a great show, and it holds up. It really does. I the other night I was flipping through the channels back when I had the channels, uh, and Bastards. got the, the original Star Trek movie with Viger and the bald-headed uh, uh, Romulan or whatever the hell she was. Was she a Vulcan also? Um. She was an Indian woman. Persis Kambata. In real life. Beautiful. And I think, I think she passed away years and years and years ago. She sure did. 
But, and you know, for the longest time, I didn't think much of that movie. But the more I've watched. Wow, those interminable scenes. You know, it was the first Star Trek movie, of course. And so everything, just on and on. Of, of, you know, this is, a, this, is a, this is a ship that can go seven or nine times the speed of light. And it's going. You know, from you know, from left to right across the screen, and and there are like forever six sequences. Of... Yeah. Yeah, but you you've got to remember. That but we were all just so the... happy to see the Enterprise again. Oh God, yes, yes, and but at first, uh, for the first several years, the first couple of times I saw it, I didn't think much of it. I don't know what the problem was, but the more I have have watched it over the years, the more I realized what they were up to and, and that it was a good film and it was good to get the kid, the, the gang back together again. And how many movies were there eventually all told? Oh, I don't know. But you know, my all time favorite is of course the wrath of Khan. Oh yes. He tasks yes. me. Oh, except he tasks for the, me and I shall have him. Except for the scene where poor, uh, 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 Walter Koenig, uh, not Sulu, the other guy, the Russian. Um, yeah, Chekhov. Uh, Chekhov. Poor Chekhov gets the, the the creature put into his ear. God, I, ooh, I don't even like Q-tip. <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking to you wearing a, wearing earbuds, and even they give me. The oh, wait a minute. Duty. You get the cowbell for I don't even like Q-tip. <laughs> And of course, yeah, there there were six of them. Six of them, Randy Radar tells me. And of course, in my so head, six things in his ear. No, no, six of the movies. Quit it. Oh. I was Captain. It was terrible. They put things in our ears. Yeah. Oh God, that gives me the fucking willies. That's like that scene in the uh, alien, the Alien movie uh, with Sigourney Weaver, where she's she's in that she's wearing the helmet, and isn't the thing in the helmet? The, the little baby. Uh, Got it, words. yeah. Mm -hmm. You. God damn, stop it. <laughs> I'm freaking myself out to stop me before I do it again. I won't even have the, the nerve to open the door and get the groceries when they get here. So. Now, speaking of which, you probably need to need to prepare for getting your groceries. And I'm going to find out who's on the stress line. All right, well, let me, I'll tell you what, I will ring off. Because these three-way uh, deals are, are, I think people need to speak for themselves. Now, you want to take any bets who it is? I'll bet you it's our friend down in Florida, Jerry. I love Jerry. But I'm going to go. I got no you, idea. Bid you adieu and good night, Horn family, wherever you are, and be well. And I hope all your, I hope your grocery order is entirely correct. They, they, they make very few mistakes. Okay, good night, Robin. All right, see you, Scott. Bye. See ya. Okay, um, that just was kind of abrupt. But, yeah, let's run over to the stress line and see who we got. Um, hey, welcome to the program. Well, Scott, I'm not in Florida. And you're not Scary Jerry. Hi, Robin. Hey, Dave. And I'm not Scary Jerry. <laughs> Good evening, Robin. I wanted to let you know, and it's unfortunate that Scott signed off, I did listen to his course backwards as I promised the last call. And would you believe it? He had Hail to the Chief being played by the Kalamazoo Kazoo Chorus. 
They're oh my! Wonderful. Oh, they were great. I mean, you had all skill levels, but they were pretty well together, you know. So I thought that was that was something for those of you who haven't gotten Scott's course. Go ahead and go and get it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Um. I when you asked when I when I first started calling uh, calling you you asked what do we do about these Nazis? Well, so far I agree with everything that's been said, but for the homeschooling Nazis, you know who bake Fuhrer cakes and all that shit. When those kids break the law, or you know they get sent to juvie. And, of course, the family courts review the school records and things like that when they're doing their evaluations. When these, when these Nazis come up, and it can be shown that, well, the parents were rather negligent about proper supervision of the children, they should... Uh, have the children removed from the home, and then, if if necessary, prosecuted for abuse. Because well, that ra- that raises a good I question: an is is teaching Nazism a form of child abuse? See, Ron and Raleigh said a few minutes ago. Well, uh, George Lincoln Rockwell was an American Nazi who was assassinated in Arlington County, Virginia in 1967. I'm sure Scott was around. As far as Nazi homeschoolers are concerned, the conservatives are all about school choice, so if a case gets to the SCOTUS, they'll demand that Nazis get access to funding from the state because of their sincerely held religious Nazi beliefs. Their Lord and Fuhrer, whoever that Lord and Fuhrer happens to be at the moment, um, and you may not be far wrong if you look at the Hate Watch page on the Southern Poverty Law Center's website. Right. There are a lot of Nazi, uh, Nazi and, and uh, fascist groups that have formed churches just for that purpose. Um, the World Church of the Creator is one of them here in Indiana. Uh, those assholes have committed murders down in Monroe County where they're at. Uh, they've gone on on shooting sprees and all kinds of other bullshit. Um, but, you know... Unfortunately, I have a feeling we're getting Weimar out of our existence. Oh, we've got a democratic republic. Oh, well, good. And when they're goose-stepping down Pennsylvania Avenue, past whoever the Nazi of the moment is, and I, I was thinking about this ever since Friday, when... You know, you said it was Holocaust Remembrance Day. We lost a 
a survivor of the Holocaust who had spent more than 20 years talking about his experience. And that's the actor Robert Clary. Yes, yes. He passed away recently. And, and if I, the, the Shoah Foundation has a, a project where they have interviewed survivors over the years and taken witness testimony. They did a two, like a two-hour uh, segment with him, and he was 16 when uh, he was captured by the Nazis. His mother had sent him upstairs to hide with his sister. His sister got away. He didn't want to because his mother and father were security to him. He didn't want to listen to his big sister. He was 16 years old. You know, 16-year-old young men have thoughts of their own. Fortunately for for him, um, you also find out that... Um, A couple of German communists and one Czechoslovakian communist helped save his life because they were in charge of the work details and, and things like that. Um, he was in Buchenwald, which... And he was on the edge of death more than a couple of times. Just the horror. And he's been very open about his ex experience. And, you know, and he said he never, he never, uh, he never heard the, the epithets thrown at him or anything like that because where he lived everybody was Jewish and when his parents parents and the families in this in this apartment house uh, weren't home these um, these cities would come in and teach the kids you know they, they would have school, and they would have uh, they 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 would look after them. And one of these women ended up becoming a companion of Golda Meir. <laughs> My goodness! And he ran into he ran into her uh, in a reunion of survivors in Israel. And I thought, it's amazing how people can react to some of the most horrible things on Earth and still come out with their humanity. And then you have people who, who celebrate cruelty and they celebrate divisiveness for the sake of nothing less than money and power. 
that's usually su- sufficient. But, you know, I had uh, – it's interesting you would bring that up because I had a note from our pal Cynthia out in the Bay Area, who, by the way, had her birthday this past Saturday. Happy birthday, Cynthia. Oh, happy birthday to her and happy birthday to you, too. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I'm a little filthy, but okay. There it is. But she had her birthday and sent an article along, uh, and and it was a fascinating read. Um, I'm going to try try to pull it up here so that I can at least give you an idea of where to find it. Uh, it comes from BigThink.com. Uh, it is of recent publication. Um, maybe like. Cynthia, was your birthday yesterday? Maybe yesterday. Yeah, I think it yeah. At any rate, happy, happy, happy birthday. Uh, she sent along this uh, article from Big Think. Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity. We have more to fear from stupid people than evil ones. Evil is easy to identify and fight against. Not so with stupidity. And it talks about how uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer had argued that stupidity is worse than evil because stupidity can be manip- excuse me hiccups uh, can be manipulated and used by evil people, and that stupidity is almost always required in order for evil to triumph. And that sort of dovetails with, like, uh, you know, Werner Klemperer in Hogan's Heroes, since you were talking about Robert Clary. He said he would play Colonel Klink, but only if the Nazis were constantly made fun of. Because, yeah, Werner, as, as, Stephen, yeah, as Stephen New York pointed out, he was, a, uh, he was a German Jew. And so, he, painting, you know, th- there, were, there were a lot of Nazis who were evil. I think within the framework of this article that Cynthia sent me, there were probably a lot of Nazis who were also fucking stupid. Well, fascism and and, and uh, uh, authoritarianism rely on the simple answers, you know. Uh, the Catholic Church was great at this during the Middle Ages. Pay, pray, and obey. Right, uh, yeah. And you can't ask for a more authoritarian organization than the Roman Catholic Church. No. And I'm saying that as a former practitioner. <laughs> Lapsed. Mm, or maybe, you're, no, maybe you've gone no, all the way to heretic. Well, I did see an article earlier today uh, as I was doing show prep in which uh, a cardinal had uh, – who who, uh, was accused of, of course, child sexual abuse, and he – has either resigned or I didn't know either died or moved. You know. Yeah. There, and, there was one case 
after Frank came to his papacy, where a uh, a German archbishop who was at the Vatican, that his his job was at the Vatican, um, had been accused of uh, child molestation. And because he was under the authority of Vatican City, uh, he was put on trial. And laitized, which means they stripped him of everything. Uh, his right to perform uh, sacramental services, things like that. Um, in other words, they made him a layman again, but they incarcerated him in Vatican City. Now, I don't know if the offense had occurred at the Vatican or not, if it had occurred outside of the Vatican, I think they should have gone ahead and laitized him and then turned him over to the appropriate authorities where, you know, he committed the crime. But, yeah, a lot of these guys will die without ever admitting anything. My family... Uh, went to a church in Muncie where the pastor who was dying of cancer years later admitted to molesting a young man. And he admitted it right before he died. Um, and the young man's mother said, well, at least God took him. He, you know, we don't have to worry about him doing anything anymore. But it's this whole mentality of, I'm going to let you do the thinking for me, whether that's the church, whether that's your politicians, whether that's your family members, whatever it is. Um, that's where all this gets going. And um, you mentioned Rockwell. You know, he was the uh, he was the basis for the uh, for um, the Henry Gibbons character in uh, Blues Brothers. Yes, yes. Because Rockwell was in Illinois, uh, it was a it was a freedom of speech case, and ironically, the goddess of irony always speaking on the alert. He had a, a lawyer from the ACLU who was Jewish, and they asked his lawyer, "Why would you defend this man?" And he said. Because if I don't defend him, who will defend me when it's my turn? And, you know, maybe that wasn't... Ma the, 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 the sentiment is noble. I 
Let's just say that. I, I, under, I understand what he was saying, but uh, I would have had to take a hard pass on that one. If that one had dropped on my desk, I'd have been like, mm, no, no. Sorry. Uh, and I've talked to a few other people, you know, even some attorneys who were like, nah, if that, if that ever landed on the, no, no. Um, see, you know, we, you talk about the, the violence and, and Jim Jordan, God damn him. I mean, this guy ignores members of the Ohio State wrestling team coming to him and saying, look, this is what's being done to us by the doctor, by the team doctor. And several of these young men have come forward and said that they, you know, contacted him and even contacted him again when he was in the Congress. Of course, he'd rather pose and and pretend to be all big and important. But he's the stupid that allows goose-stepping Nazis like Trump, and I'll call him a Nazi, fuck him. He wanted big military parades to aggrandize himself. I need to look up the uh, the New York Times article, the 14 points of fascism. Yeah, I remember when there was a, and it's still out there, of Malloy reading them, and uh, it it got a every 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 one of those central points are all. Right there to be found. Hey, I need to point out that I need to point out a couple of things. We are seven dollars away from meeting Billable Rick's challenge, which completed uh, our anonymous benefactors tripling challenge. And uh, thanks for that goes to uh, our our uh, dear sister Jude and to and and to uh, um, women standing. Jude said, oh, "Jude said, kicking in ten bucks for Billable's discovery of love, as I too have been found worthy and perfect as I am to have met love within in another. It's enfolded in trust, openness, and communicating in the most tender moments of two people having the experience of oneness. That total consuming acceptance within one's being is flooded. It's being, it's a being safely home awareness. Be well and do be conscious too in sending this out into the ether of the universe as it raises the frequency level for all. Warmly." Jude, thank you, Jude. And then Jude jumped in and said, uh, by the way, uh, you and Cynthia, and if I'm correct, Lady B and her twin all celebrated their day um, this month. And Women Standing sends in a small donation filled with a vast amount of love to you wonderful four. Thank you, Jude. Thank you. <laughs> so um, $7 more finishes off Billable Rick's challenge. And that actually will get us down to seven hundred and twenty-three dollars for uh, 
and that just got met by Ralph's. So Billable's challenge has been met. Our anonymous benefactor's three-for-one challenge has been met. And we now have $723 to go to finish the month of January. So that's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing, considering where you were at the beginning of Friday. Yeah. Oh, my God, girl. <sighs> I uh, I am going to be spending next Friday. Um, I believe that's the third. With I'll, I'll be at, at Christine's blind uh, on on Friday because Saturday is her sixty fourth birthday. Oh my! And I would remind the um, Horn Family Community Congregation about what happened two years ago, right before her stroke. When I put forward the $62, I would, that I would match the next $62, somebody snapped it up, immediately matched it, and I was preparing to send in the donation. And Christine, I told her about it, and then she put her 62 in, so it became a tripling challenge. So Yes, I do remember. Uh, these things do work. These things do work, and thank you all. Thank you so much. You're helping to keep me sane, which is good. Yeah, that's uh, that's like when I, when our point of view when our when our buddy uh, Ken up in PA talks about his enlightened self. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, enlightened selfishness or something like that. Yeah, uh, enlightened self-interest. Yes. Yeah. And that is why Christine and I uh, support you. And that, that I don't know why it would show up twice on Patreon, but there is a donation that's supposed to come out on the 30th out of my PayPal account. Well, you, you're, I think you're on Patreon twice. And that comes out on the first day of the month. But then you, yeah, no, I saw, I saw you on the thirtieth for, um, for Christine. Yes, yeah. that's Christine's donation. Yeah, which I'm going to have to change soon uh, because of February the twenty eighth. God damn it. Uh, you can't have a regular calendar in these in these parts. No, no, yeah, you can't. It has shifting and based on religious sun signs and whatever the hell. You know, you're worried about celebrating Easter in December or some shit. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, that. Those are my thoughts on what you should do with the parents. Unfortunately, I think my my recommendation would probably be the most cost efficient. And that's given the island that Fairbanks, Alaska is on. Make it a sovereign country. It's in the middle of a goddamn lake. 
and then all, all the right-wing nutjobs and all the douchebags will be given one Bible of their choice and one round of ammunition for a weapon of their choice. And they'll be issued one round of ammunition every month for that weapon. Now, if they want to have a a fully loaded weapon, they're going to have to trade with their friends and neighbors or they're going to have to steal it. Yeah. Which, knowing these right-wing douchebags, they'll want to steal it because who wants to pay for anything? Uh, But we'll give them their Bibles and we'll give them their ammunition and they can designate one of their leaders to walk across the lake and get whatever else they need. Food, medicine, fuel. It's going to make a, a delivery of electrical services a little difficult, but but I'm sure they 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 can you know part the lake or whatever you know if they just have faith enough. Yeah, I didn't mean to get all permit. No, that's, that's that's okay. Yeah, faithy. Oh, and by yeah, the way, no, do not do not adjust your earbuds. Do not adjust anything. For some reason, Dave, you're only in one channel. So um, hopefully that'll get sorted out here in a minute. But uh, I had a question from Scott. Is my device or earbuds? Am I losing my mind? Dave's mostly right channel, and you're coming through fine on both. It's a weird thing that happens with the stress line sometimes. I'm hearing you just fine. It might be a connection with the stress line. It, it's something that happens with this. I see it from time to time. It's just weird. Yeah. You're coming in crystal clear. And uh, I, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. The, uh, the, the, the thing of it is, how do we react to it? Well, we react to it as humanely as possible. But if they begin violence, we should not be afraid to respond. Well, in, a, in, a way this, in a way, this goes back to January the 6th. There they were, armed to the teeth, and the cops weren't even allowed to shoot back. You know. The- oh, how I wish the cops had shot back. Yeah, it made martyrs because, after all, remember, the woman who declared herself her own country was trying to break into Nancy Pelosi's office when she got shot. So, as a a woman who declared war on the United States on Facebook, as a sovereign citizen, if you're a sovereign citizen... And the government has no authority over you, and you declare war, and you get shot. Well, you got nobody to blame but yourself, you stupid bitch. There. Now I'm off my soapbox. But Understood. Well, Dave, you have a wonderful evening. And uh, give our best to Christine. I'm going to try. I'm probably just, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be here tomorrow. Um Christine's going to be making some fried chicken salad for oh, her birthday. God, that's so good. That just sounds wonderful. 
Popeye's chicken, just strip off the bone, and you make chicken salad with the skin and all. I'm game. Add Sounds delicious. Add a little add a little celery seed so it doesn't get too moist by using real celery. But that's that's what we're gonna make. And she adds a hard boiled egg to it. So nothing wrong with that. Put that on some whole wheat crackers and you got lunch. Sounds nice. All right, Robin. I'm not so big on the crackers anymore, but I get yeah, no, I get it. I'm gonna try. A few of them. A few of them are not gonna hurt you. A few of them in place of bread are not gonna hurt you. You need a few carbs to keep your body going. And then at the at the at the at the at the at the end of the at the end of the evening, I will have my 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 late night snack. My uh, oh, your oh, your oh, your sugar-free rice pudding. Yes, that does sound good. It's delicious. That they carry. It, I hate to confess it, but they carry it at Wally World, and the name of the brand is Cozy Shack, and they're these little individual cups, and one is just perfect, and I think it's got five grams of carbs. Oh well, that is perfect. All right, Robin, well, take care of yourself and, and think about that fried chicken salad at some oh, point. Oh, it sounds so good. It sounds so good. All right. All right. See you, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, I mean, like tomorrow, I'd love to go down and there's a, there's a seafood restaurant I love in Charleston, but it's Charleston, 50 miles down, 50 miles back. Yeah. But... uh and, you know, who wants to do that by themselves, right? So, anyway, we're nearly to the end of the program, but um, a couple of things bear, uh, bear mention. Um, Nitwit Nero's petty foggers are suing, uh, are suing again. <laughs> Some of this just gets so Dr. Evil, you know? Julius Geezer is suing Bob Woodward and Simon and Schuster for fifty million dollars, claiming that uh, he never, when he sat down and signed papers and agreed to be interviewed and to be recorded by Bob Woodward for a book, it was only for one book, not a goddamn audio book, and not the paperback version. It was just one book. Because he, Bob Woodward, published a book called, published an audio, well, it's called The Trump Tapes. And so he's sued today in Pensacola, Florida. Jurisdiction there ought to be interesting. Um, Simon & Schuster, Bob Woodward, Paramount Global, claiming they... Unlawfully usurped his copyright interests and other rights. And they sold more than two million copies at twenty four ninety nine apiece. So we can do I can do the math. I have a very big brain. Believe me. And so fifty million dollars. The suit claims 
I made Woodward aware on multiple occasions, both on and off the record. Thank God this isn't video. You'd see me doing the Trump accordion hands. On and off the record. That he only had a limited license to use the recordings. And I retained all the other rights to the narration. So he'll probably uh, lose some more. Good. Yeah, you're right, Randy Radar. The uh, Cozy Shack um, Zero Sugar, No Sugar Added Rice Pudding is right next to the tapioca. And God, I can't stand tapioca. And handle rice pudding. Tapioca? <clears throat> no. Like frog's eggs. Sorry, I just ruined dinner. And speaking of frogs, that leads to turtles. And hey, Tom and Sonny San Rafael, that's exactly what we were trying, Scott and I were talking around. Yes, precisely. Actually trying to be extend a little grace and not ruin anyone's dinner this evening. So there we are. And we started out the program with a story about... Uh, Florida perhaps becoming the 26th pack them if you got them state. You know, concealed carry, lawlessness, mayhem, chaos, armed madhouse, national shooting gallery. And now there is word out of Lakeland, Florida this evening of yet another mass shooting. Because Florida... According to the city of Lakeland, uh, a number of people have been shot. At this time, we believe there are nine victims, two with critical injuries and seven with non-life-threatening injuries. I know nothing about Lakeland, Florida, so I don't know where the Ave Iowa Avenue North and Plum Street intersection is, but that's where it took place at about 3.43 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Because freedom! Wolverines! Jesus. Nothing there saying the cops did the shooting. So it's probably just another lawful gun owner. Scott said, 50 million, eh? Litigious fucker, ain't he? I hope he's laughed right out of court. Well, he probably filed that suit to try to distract from the fact that he's getting taken to the... These people are being questioned in the grand jury about his uh, payoff for Stormy. Yeah? Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So, a few minutes late, but that's the program. And, uh, well, I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. So thank you, each and every one of you. Thank you for sharing your precious finite time engaging in the program. Really, sincerely. I love this little community. And I love our conversations and everything that I hear from everyone. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Wonderful, wonderful challenges today. Thank you so much for jumping in and meeting them. Um... Uh, Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you 
Sparky, Roger, Steve in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Uh, please uh, remember when you listen to this program, however you listen to this program, like, subscribe, leave a comment here and there. Brother Deacon Asa just loves the comments, and so do the algorithms. And uh, helps to grow the program as we move toward two decades of liberal, progressive, independent, non-commercial, non-capitalist broadcasting. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Cold River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your booster. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Then get that booster with some sense of urgency because they probably will not be free after May the 11th. Jesus. And then, uh, well, you know the usual. Wear your mask when you're in crowded places, especially crowded places with lots of maggots. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry some with you, pocket and purse. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, from, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And naturally, of course, well, if um, some jiggling adipose wad of hatred and insecurity comes bumbling towards you, grumbling, they're going to pay me $50 million, every penny of it. I want it all. Well... Avoid him like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.